0: Kicking off hour two. This is Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls with a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one of the program will be up wherever you get your podcasts very soon including a chat with Derek Wills the voice of the Calgary Flames and a recap of another busy morning around the NHL Ross Colton is off to Colorado Riley Smith is off to Pittsburgh Timo Myers got a new deal in New Jersey Diego Govich has a deal for the Calgary Flames newest RFA and round one of the draft hasn't even started yet We'll have coverage all day long here on Sportsnet 960. Vickers and Steinberg live in Nashville from the draft floor. They'll have you covered all the way through round one tonight. Of course, Connor Bedard expected to go first overall to Chicago Blackhawks. What will the Flames do at 16? What other major trades do we have in the works? Still lots to be determined, but it's been a fun week so far uh, around the NHL. We're excited for tonight. The rest of the draft and free agency coming up on Saturday. I'm very happy right now. Speaking of Nashville, checking in with one of our favorites down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He might have a new job just hanging out with people in Nashville and doing segments around country music stars and NHL hockey players. Uh, it's my friend and yours. I call him J-Mac, but you know him as Julian McKenzie. He covers the Flames for the Athletic. Julian, what's up, brother? How's Nashville, man?
1: Flash Gordon, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, Nashville has been pretty sweet. Uh, a lot of good times to be had. We haven't even gone to the draft yet. Uh, really happy to be on the show with you, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. It's been uh, it's been a pretty fun week of uh, June radio covering all these trades and all the movement going around right now. And uh, it's going to be fun for you being in Nashville where all this is going from. But before we get there, uh, everybody's got to go to either Julian's Twitter page or the Athletics Twitter page. And check out this awesome... Whose idea was the the names, the country music star or hockey player name guessing? Where did that come from, Julian? That was a great video you guys put out.
1: Uh, the video guy was working with uh, Samuel Inn. Uh We were discussing that. Uh, and uh, our, I guess our head of video, I don't know a specific position, but Tim McMaster. Uh, we had a little meeting. and We just kind of came up with that idea. It would be really cool just to kind of walk around and see if... Uh, Uh, if uh, some of the Nashvillians I'm not sure if you would call them Nashvillians that's not the right word so excuse Mm. me maybe I don't know Uh, but uh, we figured it'd be cool to see if uh, they could guess if uh, we had a name of an NHL player or soon to be NHL player or a country music star we have another one uh, coming up where uh, we showed people a photo of Connor Bedard and like one kid like looked at the photo and it was like they were trying to figure out they were trying to like guess who that was like one kid was like oh that's Mitch Barner so many people who like mess that up (laughs) Yeah, so, so we did some fun stuff while we were uh, walking the street.
0: That's awesome, man. Nashville seems like one of those uh, perfect places to do a, a video like that. It seems like such a, a good vibe. Where's Nashville rank on the Julian McKenzie ranking of NHL stops around the league?
1: You know, I, I, it might be top five for me, man. I haven't even been inside Bridgestone yet, so I got to see. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of the, the general vibe, uh, I, I know a lot of people have been complaining about the heat, but like I, I don't mind it. It's yeah. a little humid at times, but I, I like I like the warmth. Uh, the I mean the bars have been really cool. It's funny I say that because I've only really been to like there's like one bar I really like in Tootsie's, but like <laughs> there's a few cool taco spots and a few other restaurants and stuff that are also pretty cool. So I, I'd like to think uh, I've not been to every single arena, but I think top five is a pretty good bet. I
0: uh, just Wikipedia by the way. Uh, Nashvillean is correct okay all right so, i was just guessing yeah smart guy you would got it right anyway so uh not surprising what's it been like man The last couple of days uh we mentioned all this this crazy nhl news coming from nashville and what's the buzz been like from from your perspective i know we'll get to the flames in a minute but has it been as busy around your parts just covering and being around everything as it's been for us on the outside watching all these deals pour in
1: yeah, I mean, the sense of anticipation for so many of these teams and with the trades going on, it's basically like a good precursor to, to what we could expect tonight. We're starting to hear people say that there could be entertainment as early as the second overall pick. It seems, I thought for the longest while the first overall pick, the second overall pick, and even the third overall pick would be very much predictable. But depending on who you talk to, maybe maybe Adam Fantilli isn't uh, the immediate pick at number two. Maybe Leo Carlson isn't the immediate pick at number three. We also still don't really know where Matt Mitchkov is going, and that's just with the draft picks, right? And and I know we'll get into the Flames more, but I, I still have a hard time thinking that they have all those players who are, are very wishy-washy about wanting to stay, and the Flames aren't necessarily, like, if they come away from this week without at least flipping another one of those assets uh, to see if they can get more draft picks or another young player, I I have a lot of questions about that. Maybe it it, it could work out where they could get some some more returns at the deadline, but I I don't know. I just think with the the hype around the class, I I don't know how you don't at least take these swings and try to recoup as many draft picks as possible if you're the Flames.
0: How surprised have you, I guess I should ask, have you been surprised by just how much movement there's been pre-draft? Like going back to the weekend, it's been incredibly busy with big names moving left and right. Has that caught you off guard at all, or was it sort of what you were expecting heading into the draft?
1: Well, I think with the free agent class being a little bit weaker than we've seen in previous years, it's not a complete surprise that some GMs are opting to go the trade route. I'm just curious about how much more we're going to see at the draft. Like now's the time to make those trades where you have some of those assets who are on expiring contracts and try to get some of those fixed. So, yeah, more or less, I'm less surprised about the, the frequency of the trades just because of you know, in July when we get to free agents and stuff. I mean, no respect to Dmitry Orlov. I don't know if he's the sexiest available free agent to be had in, in recent memory.
0: Uh, let's get to the Calgary Flames. Obviously the team that you cover on a regular basis for the Athletic here in Calgary. And uh, they made their first splash of the Craig Conroy era last night, trading Tyler Toffoli for Yegor Sharangovich and a third round pick. The Julian McKenzie instant reaction to that deal was what? My
1: reaction to that at first was, okay, it's just an okay deal. And when you really think about how Tyler Tuffoli, uh is over 30, he is coming off his best year, and you're seeing some other guys uh, around his age that are essentially just, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to find offers for them, they're trying to find returns for them, but you're not necessarily going to get a whole bunch of picks and players for them. You can imagine that maybe the Flames did come out of this okay. You know, I'm sure a lot of people, they look at a guy like Gigor Sharon Govich and they think, well, who is this guy? He seems like a player who could fit in the top nine. He had 24 goals, uh, not last year, but the year prior. And when you really think about how uh, Craig Conroy wants his younger players into the lineup and is trying to have them on a much cheaper contract. And You see today the news that he signs a, a deal where he's, paid, where he's getting paid 3.1 mil for the next two years that more or less sounds like what Craig Conroy was trying to do. Plus he gets a third round pick back. So instead of having five draft picks, you have six draft picks for the Calgary players. That third round pick, I'm sure you know this by now, but like that was originally Calgary before the uh, Cali-Yarncroft trade. They went on a whole journey before it ended up going back to Calgary. So yeah, I, I think with that particular trade, I think when you think about it a little bit more, you realize maybe this was the best that they could do. I know Craig was telling me, that there were some other discussions around players that maybe are a bit similar to Tyler Tafoli, maybe in age. And I think he wanted a much younger player. You which is I think 25. So that's still young enough to put in order for that deal to make it work. So if I were to grade it, maybe a C plus, he did what he needed to do. I don't think he necessarily lost that trade. It was, he just tried to make a trade work.
0: And I guess given the fact that we've talked about some of the key guys on this Flames team, you know, Julian, Huberto's now 30, Kadri's 32, Blake Coleman 31, Bax is 34. I don't know if you feel the same way about it. Look, I love Tyler Tofoli. I thought he was great last year. He was their most consistent offensive player. Even at a decent AAV number, Julian, I just don't know that this team had a spot for another three- or four-year contract for a guy over the age of 30. I just don't know if that – if that fits how you win in the NHL right now?
1: Yeah, I feel like you're, a lot of teams are getting younger, and, and even in those bottom six spots where you'd normally see an older, wiser veteran, there are only so many of those guys who can stick. Like, I know Jordan Stahl signed that extension in Carolina. He's proven to be an effective defensive forward who can pretty much play out the rest of his career out in Carolina. But I think for so many other lineups, they would love to see younger players take up those spots. And you mentioned the contracts for, for guys like Huberto and, and Padre the troubling thing with, or if you want to look at it, troubling depending on how you look at it. But with the Calgary Flames, I mean, considering how lofty those contracts are, even if they were in a position where they could move on from them, the Flames are just essentially in a position where they'd have to operate at getting, at operate on a loss, essentially. I don't think they're getting max value unless those players somehow play out of their mind next season. So I think if there are other ways to to fill in the, the gaps with much younger players, but I think the Flames are going to have to basically play off the next little while where they have those older players on one part of the of the, of the the roster, but they're just infusing it with as much young talent as they can, especially when you have guys like Noah Hannafin or Tyra Foley, who's now gone, and who you can actually use as, as as a way to get more draft capital and prospect capital.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Noah Hannafin there. Obviously he and, and Elias Lindholm sort of moved now to the front uh, of people's mind. And I know, Uh, Chris Johnston, TSN, and a guy that you do some shows with, Julian, uh, has talked about. He feels maybe as though the ball shifted back to Calgary's side of things when it comes to the Elias Lindholm contract uh, and that situation. How do you you see this one? I know that that Craig's been very clear that he's not going to rush into any sort of deal here, but I wonder how long we feel the Flames can actually let this thing ride before they need to have a firm decision from Elias Lindholm as to what's going on.
1: I still think that for a guy of Elias Lindholm's caliber and also I mean, considering what he's going to want uh, as a player, uh, whether it's north of 8.75, north of 9 mil, what have you, uh, this is a player I think the players need to be decisive on. I think if they find themselves in a position where they let this go out into the summer or they let this go into training camp, that pretty much goes against what Craig Conroy I think was telling us in the media what he was trying to do. I understand some people are going to say, you know, hey, uh, things can change all the time. And Craig Conroy could easily be in a situation where, you know, if he was shopping him, that he could just be like, hey, well, you know what? I didn't want to get a bad deal out of it. But I think for a guy like Elias home, you need to have some kind of return uh, coming for this player, something involving draft picks, something involving first-round picks, if you can, at least at least one first-round pick if you can get it for Elias home. It's of the draft cost to do it, I think. But I, I think that Craig Conroy... I think more than any of the other assets that he has in his disposal, I think he really needs to get something for this type of player if it goes down that path. And of course, when it comes to re signing him, I really think that if he commits to re signing, I'm pretty sure that does something for some of the other pending free agents on this team, too. I wonder maybe if, if he had signed earlier, uh, maybe what does that do with Tyler Toffoli? Does he feel like, hey, you know what, maybe I should stick around? I wonder what that does for Backlund. I wonder what that does for Noah Hannaford even. But it seems as if he might be more committed to playing in the States. But if you're Elias Lindholm, you have all the leverage here. He is the domino, the big domino for this team. And if he falls, this team essentially has to start a, an aggressive retool. And if you're Lindholm, I get that we've seen the contract projections around where before that, some that people are putting out Pierre Leach's number at 8.5 mil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you could ask for 9. You could ask for 9.25 mil. I think you have every right to ask for anything worth of 9 million. I don't know if the Calgary Flames should be, should should give it to him. I can understand the apprehension over that, but if you're Lindholm, I feel you have all the leverage. Uh,
0: Julian McKenzie's along with us live from Nashville ahead of the NHL draft tonight at Bridgestone arena. Just checking in all things draft, all things Calgary Flames uh, on the Lindholm front. Julian has any of the deals that we've seen over the last couple of days made you think that the flames should lean towards trading him? I know, Uh, The Pierre-Luc Dubois deal was one that's gotten brought up a lot. That's a tough comparable because of age and uh, a couple of different things. But has there been any of those trades for a center iceman that's made you think, hey, you know what, maybe Craig Conroy should explore this a little bit more because look at what the prices are out there in the market for center iceman.
1: What I'm wondering is, you know, as more and more of these trades happen, I I wonder if the Flames start to get to a point where so many other of these potential landing spots that he could go to, could just start to go away. Mm. Like one, one spot, for example, think of St. Louis, they end up getting a guy like Kevin Hayes uh, that's salary retained, of course, but you know, maybe that, that fills in a spot for them. Uh, when, when Brian Johansson was moved to Colorado, my first thought was, huh, there goes a spot that, you know, uh, Elias Lindholm could have easily gone to via trade if they wanted to go that way. I, I think as more and more of these GMs start to make moves and we're starting to see these players, not only getting moved, but also getting moved essentially for salary cap dumps while they help out these teams in need, you start to see GMs thinking, hey, well, you know what? Why do I need to pay out the farm for Elias Lindholm when this other center or or important player could be had? All I just need to do is is, is pay much less than it would have paid for Elias Lindholm. So that's another thing that has to be kept in mind when this guy is playing.
0: Uh, What about tonight, Julian? We head into the draft. We know who's going first overall. You talked about how the draft kind of, Feels like it's going to start at two with Anaheim, but where are you if you're the Calgary Flames heading into this one at 16? You know you're going to get a good player that's probably a tier above where you'd usually be at 16, but it feels like this is going to be one of those nights where we're going to be going till I don't know, pick 12 or 13 before we get a real sense of who is going to be available for the Flames at that spot.
1: Yeah, I feel as if you're the Calgary Flames uh, just off of, what Todd button was able to tell me a couple of weeks back, if you're able to get one of those players with with skill and size uh, at 16 that are still available, you jump on that player. Uh, if you are able to just get a pure skill player, like a Colby Barlow or Colby or, well, Barlow could actually somewhat fit in that first category, but he's a little smaller, obviously, but he does have that goal scoring ability. Braden Yeager is a little smaller, but he has that skill too. I think if you find yourself in a position where you can get one of those types of players, you absolutely jump on that. There's a potential for that pick in the first round to end up being the best prospect in their system. They really need to improve that. So I think if you're the Calgary Flames, just based off what we've seen, what we've seen reported from these guys, it wouldn't surprise me. I think if they're leaning towards a guy with some, there's some emphasis of skill on the player that they will be taking at 16. And I'm still holding on to the fact that Todd button said that they're not above trading up for the pitch (laughs) for the guy that they want. If they see that he is out there, they had a list of about a little over twenty something guys. I, I, I saw Wes Gilbertson's reporting saying that there's maybe three guys in Todd Button's mind that you know he would like to he would like to grab onto if they find themselves available to him at sixteen. I I, I feel if the Calgary Flames see that the guy that they want is available, I would like to see if they'd be willing to to trade up and talk to one of those guys in Buffalo or Pittsburgh. About moving up to put themselves in a much better position to get the guy. Anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's uh, kind of right where my thinking's gone too. We've kind of heard some of those underlying, you know, talks. Whether it was Craig yesterday with uh, Pat, or, or like you mentioned, Todd Buttons mentioned that a couple times. I wonder what those tier of guys look like if the Flames do that because it's not something I know you haven't been in Calgary for as long, but it's not something that Brad Living did a lot of. I know going back a couple years, he moved down a couple times, wound up getting Connor Zary. That was a guy that they liked that they were able to bounce back on a couple times. But we haven't really seen the Flames be aggressive in this spot, Julian. It'd be a nice change. And and look, you could be talking about, like you said, a guy that's immediately a a top prospect in this organization if they are aggressive or if the cards fall the right way tonight.
1: Seriously. And I mean, what a way for them to move up from 16 in order for them to get that. I think that would be a pretty unique opportunity for for Craig Conroy to wrap up his first draft as, a, as an NHL GM to come away with a quality player. And if you have to move up to get him, I'd be very curious to see how they would go about doing that. But uh, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day with this team, as long as they end up getting a player with some kind of skill, they get skill with size, which I know they want, that's going to be consistent of a, that's going to be the start of what they would hope is a successful draft. I'd like to think, not to mention they get that third round pick back. They were entering this draft of five picks. I think the fact that they're getting six picks to just help bolster up their prospect system, I really think that's going to help them in a the lot. Uh,
0: two more for you, Julian. Really appreciate the time today. I know it's a busy day for you. I want to get an instant reaction uh, for you on a move that would just happen as we were chatting here. So the uh, Vegas Golden Knights moved out Riley Smith to the Penguins mm-hmm. this afternoon for a third round pick. Uh, and Friedman and Saravalli have been on this uh, since it's become official They've used that money to re-sign Ivan Barbashev five-by-five five for Barbashev. What does Julian McKenzie think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool move. Uh, that's more or less around what I thought Barbashev was going to command on the open market, at least from a couple months back when we were, funny enough, we were we were doing this trade proposal article. And <laughs> someone had suggested Ivan Barbashev in a trade, and I figured, okay, that's probably what he was going to get. So that makes sense. A little bit cold, though, to see Riley Smith go. The yes. one thing to about the Vegas Golden Knights that, like, they've been moving all these guys in order to build a cup contending team. They finally get the job done. And, what, it's been, like, almost two weeks since it's happened, and Riley Smith has to kind of bite the dust. It's, it's, a, it's a cold business, man. It's
0: cold business. <laughs> the champagne's not even warm yet, and Riley Smith uh, is out the door. Decent landing spot in Pittsburgh, though, especially if you find your way onto a line with Malkin or uh, or Crosby. But, yeah, funny to see how that Absolutely. keeps going. Uh, last one for you, Julian. What's up for the rest of the day for you, man? I know you're probably heading to Bridgestone soon. What's it look like for you the rest of the day, pal?
1: Yeah, heading over to Bridgestone. Uh, just going to find a way to, you know, see what's going on, obviously, inside the arena and catch all my reporting at The Athletic You know, see if I could uh, contribute to our live blog. That's also going to be up tonight. And uh, we'll see if uh, the Calgary players make any moves. I'll try to be uh, on top of that as best as I can.
0: Uh, give me your prediction. If the Flames pick at 16, who are they taking?
1: If they're picking at 16 and this player's available, I, I still see them taking a Braden Yeager. I don't think they're opposed to taking a small-skilled guy like him. Colby Barlow's there, and they have to pick between Jaeger and Barlow. I think they might end up taking Yeager.
0: That's my guess. J-Mac, I appreciate you. Thanks, pal, for doing this. I know uh, crazy busy times for you, but enjoy the rest of your time in Nashville. Safe travels back to Calgary, pal. Thanks for doing this today.
1: All right, dog. I'll see you soon. Take see care, you.
0: pal. Yeah, Julian McKenzie from the Athletic joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline live from Nashville, uh, getting set to head over to Bridgestone Arena for round one of the NHL draft. It's coming up in just a few hours' time. We got Steinberg getting set up on the floor in Nashville with Aaron Vickers. They'll be bringing you coverage all day long here on Sportsnet 960 into the evening as we get set for the NHL draft. Uh, And it's brought to you by our great sponsors, Atlas Pizza. And uh, Calgary Lock and Safe, uh, the NFL preview show has been going with Matty Rose, Jason Bucola, Sam Cosentino, Peter Libartius. Uh, You've had a chance to catch that all week long. And then, of course, uh Chrysler and Calgary Lock and Safe uh, bringing us uh, Pat live from Radio Row at Bridgestone Arena and Flames Talk. They're going to be the first place to hear from those Flames draft picks, in-depth analysis, exclusive interviews with Flames management. Calgary Lock and Safe, summer is here And so is high staff turnover, reduce your business's risk with the restricted key system from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com, which can play a little mock GM next with the text line. Who do you want to see the Calgary Flames select in round one of the NHL draft? You're saying next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, just about ready to close out the hour. Sportsnet Today, Hour 2, Logan Gordon, Taylor, Cam, Ben, Callum, they're all here, two producers, two interns, and me, one giant dummy. Hey, you said it, not me. Uh, Great chat with Julian McKenzie to kick off the hour. He is live in Nashville. Getting set for the draft. Round one goes tonight, of course, 5 o'clock. You can catch all the action right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Pat Steinberg, Aaron Vickers, taking you through all the action. And then into tomorrow as well. The next time that we talk to you here, on the Sportsnet 960 Airwaves for Sportsnet today. The draft will be in the books. All seven rounds will have concluded. As of right now, the Flames would have made their selection at 16. Perhaps into the third round with the pick that they got in the Tyler Toffoli trade. So I thought now would be a good time to let you have your say on the text line at 960 960. The times almost there were Like 90 minutes from the draft starting probably two hours or so from the Flames getting up there at 16 overall you've heard the names, you might have got the FC Hockey draft guide, you've checked the mock drafts who do you want the Calgary Flames to walk away with tonight in Nashville 960-960 the fan feedback line, it's always open to you here on Sportsnet today but for the purposes of this conversation, what's the number one target for you when it comes to the Calgary Flames? If they're picking at 16, are they moving up for somebody? Now, I don't think that the Connor Bedard's likely, I'll be honest with you. What? I know. I'm sorry to break it to you. I don't think the 98 jersey is coming to Calgary just yet. But the likes of Nate Danielson, Colby Barlow, uh, Axel Sandin, Pelica, who are the must-have guys for you if you're the Calgary Flames tonight? Nine six zero, nine six zero. You know we've talked about it for so long now. It's it's weird. It's finally here. The anticipation will be interesting. Do the Flames use some of these assets to move up? Are they fine with uh, who, what player is going to be available at sixteen? I'm incredibly curious. I, I think this, by everyone's account, whether it's Jason Bukla, former NHL scout, whether it's Labardius and Cosentino, guys that have watched junior hockey and, and been part of the scouting procedures there, feels like their entire lives. Uh, guys like Aaron Vickers who do, you know, the stuff with, with FC Hockey. Sixteen is going to get you somebody that usually falls in the top 10. That's a a rare opportunity. And look, maybe they do move up. Maybe they feel there's somebody that's a top five talent that they can get at at 12 overall this year. It is really a unique opportunity. We don't see drafts this deep, especially at the forward position. And I think everything that we've talked about, the tier of player the Calgary Flames are going to get, you're talking about a, a guy that's going to be at the top of their prospect list. It's going to be ahead of a Jacob Peltier. It's going to be ahead of a, a Matt Coronado. Maybe even ahead of a Dustin Wolf type of player. That's the quality of player that we're expecting the Calgary Flames to be able to rein in. So who is it for you? Does someone fall in your mind to the Flames that you really like to see? Matthew Wood's a name that we've heard a lot of. Uh, Braden Yeager out of Moose Jaws, is a guy that we've heard a lot of. Look, the guy for me is, is Colby Barlow. That's the guy at, at six foot. I know he's a left shot, but he, he's just dangerous offensively. I think the Flames need more guys that have that elite-level shot. And to me, he's the best player out of the OHL this year and the chance to get a guy like that. If he's there at 16 or if you move up, that's the guy for me. But I'm curious where the text line goes. As for their most wanted list. And we'll let you, we'll give it some time. I know there's plenty of people listening uh, live online as well. So the feed's a little bit behind. So we'll let everybody get in at 960 uh, 960. I'll ask my producers if there's a name floating around their heads. We've talked about it for weeks. You've listened to the conversations we've had with Bukola and Cosentino and everybody wrapped around. Taylor is there. A young man that you think fits the Calgary Flames well at 16? Somebody that you're dying to see get into this organization?
2: Well, I I don't know a lot about junior hockey, and I don't pay a lot of attention to it. So I have to kind of go with Gavin Brinley from the University of Michigan. I think that he he puts up a lot of points. He does. And he's also kind of a little bit of a pest. So, and like knowing Michigan a little bit more than all the other teams, I think that he would be a great fit for the Flames.
0: Gavin Brindley's got a lot of attributes that I think would be positive for this Flames team. He's a center iceman. He's a right shot. He's a very mature player for his age group in the sense that he's been used a lot on the penalty kill for a Michigan team in the NCAA. That's not always something that you see happen. Uh, for younger players at the NCAA level, it's a it's a big responsibility. It means that you're talking about a guy that's very smart defensively, understands what the team is trying to do from a penalty kill perspective, and you're right, it hasn't affected him when it comes to you know offensive production at the NCAA level either. So I think I think Gavin Brindley would be an awesome shot there. Uh, again, we say things like people say things like oh, undersized. I don't know. I don't think 5'9 is undersized anymore. I really like, don't.
2: You can see Cole Caulfield, who is putting up numbers, and he is little. Yeah,
0: it, it, to me, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, if, if it's Andrew Cristal, that's the, the other guy that gets talked to. He's 5'10", but the guy's got off the chart, elite, offensive skill. Uh, to me, it just—I I almost would rather look at draft profiles that don't even have the height because it just doesn't... I think it, it, at this point in the league, unless they're talking like five, four or five, five.
2: Connor Bedard <laughs> also like five foot nine or something like that.
0: Uh, let me check the FC hog and see what they had as far as his, he, he's five ten, Little. So it's not like he's, and I think that's what Crosby's at too. Like, I don't think Crosby's cresting six foot. I mean, like, I really don't think that, that those are, are things that are going to hold players back at any point. Uh, Cam, I know you're not in this to of your first draft hanging out with us uh, sports nerds. Ha! Uh, on a, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, do you have a name that's crossed your mind? Have you checked out any of these uh, draft guides that have been hanging around the studio?
1: Yeah, I I would really like to see, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like to see Axel Sandy and Pelica drop to 16. Uh, I think like with the Flames potentially moving a few D-men, uh, needing to get some speed and potentially some more offense. I think he fills a lot of those categories. He's very fast. He's a good shooter. He's good on the on the back end. I would like to see Axel Sandy Pelica fall to 16.
0: 960, uh, 960, let's check the text line and see what Flames fans are feeling ahead of the, the draft tonight. Flames right now selecting its 16th overall. Who would you like to see throw on the, uh, the Flaming seat tonight when Craig Conroy makes his first selection as this team's general manager uh, first one that came in and one that's come up a lot uh, super hopeful if he'd be there Gabe Perot yeah Gabe Perot a very interesting one uh, FC hockey has him ranked at 14th he's a right winger left shot 511 playing for the US national development team at 64 points in 55 games highly skilled offensive winger great hands playmaking ability would certainly be an offensive boost Uh, for the Calgary Flames um, prospect pool. And it's interesting because you can kind of see that there, that skill level, and I think the defensive side of things, which I I don't know is going to be there at 16, um, are are two areas that I think you can fill with this draft if it falls right for you uh, ahead for the Calgary Flames. And that's where, you know, a text like this comes in. Uh, Any about, anything about, you know, Willander, Pelica, or we need more high-end D prospects. Uh, yeah, and look, the, the biggest problem with this is those three guys sort of represent a tier that I don't know lasts until 16. I I, I really, I'm with a lot of people. I like I like Cam's pick there of Axel Sanding pelica I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh Ander's a guy that's been talked about in a very similar sense of here. Ryan has been playing uh, with men, although in a, a lesser league the last couple of years. I think they're all very solid options are they there at 16 or any of those guys there at 16? And are you drafting for position or are you drafting simply the best player available? That's, that's how I've always gone about it. If I was in a GM chair, I, I can't draft on position. I think I have to draft the best player available to me. Uh, and I think, I don't know that I'm saying uh, that, you know, one of those guys wouldn't be better than, than an option at forward. I'm just saying, I think the forward options are deeper and more likely to give you one of those best available slots at 16, maybe, if those three aren't there. Um, There's just a real Debbie Downer on the text line Uh, that says, Really, who cares? When was the last time the Flames had a good uh, pick that produced in and got us anywhere? <coughs> really? You're just having fun. Really appreciate you sending that one in. Uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk turned out pretty good. I think Sean Monaghan was pretty good. Rasmus Anderson's first pair of defensemen. manages is a pretty good late pick for this team. Don't be so down. It's a fun day. This is fun. There's a good, talented, young player coming to the Flames today. Don't be... I was going to say something that I, I shouldn't say. Just don't be so negative. Don't be like that. Um... I like this one. Look, I like the honesty of this text. I don't pay enough attention, so whoever is the best or fastest skater with elite offensive talent. Love it. That works. That's fair. Uh, Not all of uh, people have as little uh, lifetime as I do, whereas I just spend my time watching mock drafts and reading about uh, teenagers in the draft. If you don't keep a close eye on it, yeah. Good, young, fast, talented player. Probably works for most GMs. Um... More Debbie Downers at uh, 3737. Flip a coin. Who cares? It's not how this works. Uh, just come on. Have some fun. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> let's get to some people that actually texted in and uh, had some fun with it. Um, <laughs> uh, this one says, we'd love to see uh, Axel Sandy Pelica eventually in the Flames jersey. Could be a stud. That's right. Brimley would be my second choice. Uh, Darcy from BC says, my first two hopes for Calgary at 16, Braden Yeager or Oliver Moore would be great additions. Uh, this one says from Sean, uh, another one for uh, for Gabe Perreault. Uh, Kevin Cabell texting in saying Zach Benson. Man, if Zach Benson was somehow there for the Flames at 16, I'd be stunned, but uh, wouldn't mind that pick whatsoever. Uh, another vote for Braden Yeager. This one says Yeager all the way. His numbers weren't off the charts this year. Was CHL Rookie of the Year last year, but performed above a number of eligible, other eligible players like Benson and Wood in international play. Projects as well as a legit NHL center for where he's ranked in the draft. Uh, this one says, I like Colby Barlow or Matt Wood at 16. What about Ryan Backer if we trade up? Uh, this one says, anybody who's a Canadian boy, preferably Western Canadian boy, maybe they'll stick around for a while. Uh, Noah texting against his bold take. One of Lindholm or Noah Hannafin gets traded to help the Flames move up in the draft tonight. Well, then who are you taking if you move up, Noah? I got to have the other half of that. Uh, this one for Matt Wood. Uh, another one for Andrew Cristal at 16. Uh, More at 16s there as well. Uh, this one says, I think the Flames would really go out and be good to get Braden Yeager. Had a chance to watch in the last couple of years. All the guy does is compete. Doesn't give up on pucks, scores, makes plays. I think he would be a home run. Uh, this stick says I don't even care who it is as long as it's a fast, skilled centerman. This team is too slow. Uh, Peyton from Seaton says I'd love us to see uh, someone like Colby Barlow. Mick says Nate Danielson at sixteen. Uh, that's an interesting one as well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one, again off the fun, fun topic, but yeah. Uh, in terms of fun, it'll be fun if Bedard was still available at 16. That would be surprising.
1: Maybe if he, like, breaks his ankle on stage or something. I don't even know that, that would, that would matter. Real. I really don't
0: even know that that <laughs> would matter. I think Chicago would probably still take him if that happened. I, I, I'm being honest. I really think Connor,
1: I know, I know you just fractured your your ankle and your leg, but we're still going to take him one. Oh, okay. He's
2: going to go on stage and be like, I'm not going to Chicago, and they're still going to draft him.
0: <laughs> Pull a Lindros? We can convince him. Jeez. Um, <laughs> a couple more here at 960, We're having some fun talking about options at number 16 for the Calgary Flames when uh, we get to uh, the draft later tonight, round one. Uh, Garrett texts in says, I'm all for the Jaeger bomb. Uh, Barlow or Jaeger? Prefer Barlow. Uh, this text says, Perot or Jaeger? Much love from the East Coast. Thank you for listening out, East. Um, <laughs> Jim says, Take anyone who has a dad who played in the league. Apparently, most of them turn out. Not wrong about that one. In
2: any league, really.
0: It works out. with The Nepo bloodline babies. thing works out pretty well.
2: Nepo babies, That's let's true. go.
0: That's true. Uh, Sean says, I've been in Europe all month. What have I missed? I hope we can get Matt Wood or possibly Meechkov. Meechkov, look, he's not going to be at 16. I, I know that for a fact. But where this guy lands up, it could be two. I know Anaheim's throwing up all these weird smoke screens and it's probably going to be Fantilli. Meechkoff could be at two. Anaheim is... uh, There's so many teams that I would take Meechkoff on if I was on. Philly, you're nowhere close to contending. If Meechkoff is there, you absolutely grab him. Three years is nothing to you. You're stripping it down to the studs. What is three years to get a more experienced prospect in your system, I know there's always the the thought process that they're not going to come over, but like I don't know if I'm Anaheim, I have a hard time. Yeah, Fantilli's great; you're not going wrong with that. But Miechkov makes a lot of sense there. San Jose, I think Miechkov makes a lot of sense for Arizona for sure. I really don't see him getting past eight at Washington. Really, if that happens, I'll be stunned. Uh, just given the fact that they have a relationship with a number of Russians over the years, including. You know, let's be honest, the best Russian goal scorer of all time uh, is probably the best NHL goal scorer of all time in Alex Ovechkin. Um, I imagine he makes the transition into Washington that much easier for a guy like Goff, so I really can't see that happening. But, man, am I really, really fascinated to see where it goes. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Revy says, I don't care who as long as Logan goes up there to make the pick in a condescending tone. I'll try <laughs> to keep it less condescending today. Uh, <laughs> uh. This one says crazy take with Lindholm Hannifin and our second get number three. Uh, I don't think it would. I don't think Columbus is moving off of that pick. Uh, this one says, "Hey, it's Ryan from Strathmore. Let's hope we can make a trade up Lindholm uh, in the 16th for Columbus is third overall." Man, I I know that that one's there because Columbus feels like they need to contend. I just don't. I don't see them moving off it. They seem pretty. Pretty determined to take that pick, and whether it's Leo Carlson, Will Smith, there's got to be a lot of options for Columbus to find uh, that true number one center that they've needed for so long, and hopefully sooner than later because I don't know how many Johnny Goudreau years you want in Columbus. Um, With all due respect to Boone Jenner, uh, I don't know how many years you want of him being your number one center while Johnny Goudreau is in town. Uh, (laughs) This one says, I love how we're all experts about kids we've never seen play. This is kind of the fun of it. This is honestly why I I follow things like like guys like Cosentino and Bukola FC Hockey's draft guide, because you're right. I don't see these guys. I'm going off of what people I trust say about them, but it's a lot of fun. This is, to me, one of the funner experiments as we get into the summertime is projecting and seeing what could be out there for your respective team. I have a lot of fun doing this, Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting night tonight. Uh, Ray says, how about Zach Benson? This one for sure. Uh, says, if Anaheim doesn't take Fantilli, uh, send Lindholm and Hannafin to Columbus for third overall and immediately take Adam Fantilli. Uh, Big Mike, uh, favorite here on the show, texting and says, hey, Logo and crew, uh, what I want to happen, what will happen are uh, diametrically opposed. I want Carlson, Wollander, trade for Lafreniere, trade everyone, burn it to the ground. Uh, and this one says, as long as we don't see a Jankowski type pick, I'll be happy. Uh, yeah, look, that's, that's a dark, dark category to go yeah. into. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we're not anywhere close to that. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and just as we're about to get out of here, we got a Jays report and Jays back in action tonight against the Giants after dropping the series opener. Uh, Frank Cervall, you can join Pat live in Nashville, the kickoff Flames talk in just a little bit here, but Frank, uh, just a few moments ago on Twitter, uh, says with the draft over an hour away since his. Uh, Whether the Habs make or keep the fifth overall pick will go down to the moments before they need to walk up to the podium. Lots of conversation today and options on the table, depending on how the draft board falls with the first four picks. So Montreal appears to be uh, in an interesting situation, maybe one of the teams most interested in drafting back. And Frank says that decision could come just moments before they need to go to the podium to make their pick. So that's something to watch for as we get closer to draft time tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone, for texting in at 960-960. Appreciate all of you that decided to have some fun with us this afternoon. Uh, we've got to get out of here. But before we do that, let's get the latest on the Toronto Blue Jays. They're taking on the Giants tonight with Kevin Gosman. After well, with Kevin Gosman having a great performance yesterday, but not getting any run support from the rest of his team, I'll check in on the Jays. Taylor Dingman's got your Jays report. Time now for the Jays report
1: on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. A big night for the San Francisco Giants on the hill. They go on to strike out 17 different Blue Jays and shut out Toronto for the second time this season. A 3-0 San Francisco victory in the series opener.
2: The Toronto Blue Jays got shut out last night by the San Francisco Giants. Bobochette led the offense with three hits, but ultimately the Jays went 0-for-12 with runners in scoring position. Kevin Gosman was the highlight of this game with 12 strikeouts and earning his 1,500th career strikeout.
1: And a milestone for the Blue Jay right-hander, 1,500 career strikeouts.
2: With this start, Kevin Gosman holds first place in the AL for quality starts with 13 and second in the major leagues, one behind former Blue Jay Marcus Stroman. Although not the best stat to have, Kevin Gosman is third in the MLB and second in the AL for pitchers with lowest run support. It will be a bullpen day for the Jays as they send out Trevor Richards to start this game. Richards has faced the Giants twice, winning both games as a starter and only giving up a run per game. The Giants are set to start right-hander Logan Webb. That's your Jays report for this Wednesday. First pitch will go at 5.07 p.m. and you can catch the game on Sportsnet or Sportsnet now.
0: Catch the Blue Jays all season long, right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Uh, Also, a big thank you to you listening, whether live or on the podcast today. We will be back tomorrow following the NHL draft. It will all be wrapped up by the time that we are back here on Sportsnet today. So we'll have lots of analysis coming after uh, all seven rounds of the draft have finished up. Uh, Of course, coming up in a bit here, we got Steinberg live from the draft floor in Nashville. He's got you for an hour before draft time starts this afternoon. So make sure you're tuned into all of that. Uh, On the show today, we checked in with Derek Wills and Julian McKenzie. Both of those conversations are going to be available for you wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Enjoy tonight. It's going to be crazy. We've seen tons of player movement the last couple of days seems like that's only going to start again when the gms hit the floor in nashville who do the flames come out with in round 1 what happens the rest of the way it's going to be a interesting 48 hours and we'll be on the other side of it to break it all down for you when we are back tomorrow for another edition of sportsnet today you're on sportsnet 960 the fan